1: Hello and welcome to Open Mind UFO Radio. This is your host, Alejandro Rojas, and I am joined by nobody. Martin's not here today because he's going to be pretty busy, but that's all right. We've got a lot of news to go to, through, so I don't know if we're going to even have time for Martin and my winty bat banter, so uh, we'll just get right into it. But you're listening to Open Mind UFO Radio, where we cover credible UFO news and information in a journalistic way, so it's not necessarily that we're coming to conclusions, but we're sharing um, substantiated, credible information so you can make your own decision. Uh, so we'll be looking also at the review, at the news stories, uh, that happened this week, and there has been a lot of them, like I mentioned, so we'll go over those. And then after that, for those of you who are just here for the interview, we usually start that off at about the 26-minute mark, and our interview today is with Danny Silva. So this is great. Danny Silva is running a website called The Silva Record, and he's a little bit new to the scene, so he started this blog. He's been posting some great stuff about To the Stars and this uh, Pentagon UFO program that has been in the news so much. So we'll talk to Danny about what inspired him to do this, to put up this website, and some of the stories that he's ran across. But before that, let's get to the news. So lots of news out there. The very first one is my story, and I'm very proud of it. So many of you will uh, know that uh, on the website Den of Geek, which is kind of a sci-fi new site that I've been reviewing the television show Project Blue Book from the History Channel. Of course, some of you have been very frustrated with the show that it has not stuck to the facts of, uh, you know, what really happened in the real Project Blue Book. However, you know, it is inspired by it, as they say, and hopefully, and I think it has, you know, gotten people to realize that there was a Project Blue Book and that it wasn't as cut and dry as people thought, that there was really a Dr. J. Allen Hynek, who is a star in the show, but, uh, well, uh, someone that's supposed to kind of represent him. But the real Dr. Heineck really did feel he was a skeptic and then eventually became a believer when it came to UFOs. So uh, the other thing that is great about the show that is a big positive is that not only is each show about a real UFO event, Throughout each show, there are kind of these nods or Easter eggs that hint at other real cases. So really, if you're in the know, there's an abundance of information out here. And what's been great for me is when I write these reviews, I can call these out and tell people about these cases and then link to them. But what we did here, I wasn't able to review every episode. So we put together this gigantic guide to the entire first season. So not only do I have links and information, to the real blue book files for each of the cases that they covered on each of these episodes but i also have links and information about all of the little easter eggs in there so some of these you know are some really fun and compelling stories that weren't featured in the show but are something that are still really cool to look into um some of the cases i can think of off the top of my head are you know that the mythology of the philadelphia experiment um you know what uh the Nazis really worked on in the past as far as advanced technology. Uh, we have the Lubbock lights. Well, that was in the story, but the details, for instance, behind this project, the Lubbock Lights, is pretty extraordinary, and uh, the green fireballs, there's actually a big story about scientists and their UFO sightings behind that, so there are a lot of, there's a lot of background information here that is a lot of fun that they alluded to, and we know, we've had David O'Leary on the show, that, you know, he's a a UFO buff himself, so they jam-packed this full of these little Easter eggs, and you can read this on my latest Den of Geek article. And I do want to remind people if you go to openminds.tv on the front page, you'll see the UFO headlines right up front there, and the ones that I'm referring to are the ones at the the top right there right now. I also put a link in the show notes to the UFO headlines so uh, if we're talking about past headlines, you can see that. But the page, the UFO headlines page is really cool. It's a great resource where you can look at, you know, UFO headlines in in the mainstream media going back for for years. So yes, check out this story. I'm very, very proud of it. A lot of great information. And for me, you know, the net uh, when it comes to the show, and I know some of you disagree, but I think it was a net positive. I think that it did bring more awareness to this topic. And it was a fun show. I just love Aiden Gillen, who plays uh, J. Allen Hynek and the other characters that uh, are in the show. So I think it was a fun show. I like the show. I'm looking forward to a second season. And especially all this UFO stuff is a lot of fun, so check it out. Moving on, the Metro in the UK has a story that just posted today, and this is an interview with Nick Pope. Uh, Nick Pope, of course, ran the um, MOD's UFO desk for a short period of time. Now, we've talked a lot about lately this Pentagon project looking into UFOs that was headed by Luis Elizondo. In ways, what Nick Pope did was similar because he did look into UFO cases and was a government employee, but they didn't do real hardcore investigations like uh, AATIP, the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program of the Pentagon. Instead, you know, it was very more light touching on things. But Nick Pope has been a UFO researcher ever since, because much like J. Allen Hynek, he entered as skeptic, but by the time he left, he thought, wow, there really is something to all of this. Well, he pipes in on this story about tip. The title is Top Secret Government Investigation Probed Health Effects of UFO Encounters. So we do know some of the things that they worked at on inside of uh, this program. Not a lot, but some. One of the documents, or at least headlines in the documents that came out, was related to human effects. Well, Nick is saying he knows a little bit about what they looked into, and this quote in particular is interesting. I believe this was done, and what he means by this is collecting of uh, blood in DNA samples from encounter witnesses, he says, I believe this was done in a way that disguised the fact that this was for a U.S. intelligence program with witnesses being told that they were participating in a scientific or academic study. So that's kind of interesting. He's alleging that, you know, they were um, um, kind of uh, you know misrepresenting themselves when they collected this. This uh, material now we don't know where he gets this information from or why he believes this in fact the person I'm interviewing today this story just came out today after I interviewed Danny but Danny asked via Twitter and then uh, we've done so again on Facebook you know why what substantiates those claims why do you think this so hopefully we'll hear more from Nick about that I'm sure I'll have some more information about that by next week so yeah interesting piece of news there. Newsweek Newsweek covered a really interesting article, Russia's Paranormal Soldiers and Military Dolphin Telepathy, Revealed by Defense Ministry Magazine. What? So what this is all about is that uh, there was a piece in a magazine called Army Collection, which is a credible Russia defense um, ministry magazine. The title of this article was Super Soldier for the Wars of the Future. Bum, bum, bum. This is similar, actually, to a book that uh, John Alexander wrote uh, in the past. Because John Alexander, who we've interviewed on the show many times in Army Intelligence, worked on similar sort of things. And one of the stories that John Alexander and some of the others, including some of the people involved with uh, To the Stars Academy, where Luz El- Elizondo is now working, uh, the gentleman who worked on ATIP, he works with this the scientist Hal Putoff, who used to work with uh uh remote viewing programs which is essentially a psychic program inside of our government uh, that ended years ago some suspect that it's just it's continuing on just more secretly but they were inspired to begin their program because they heard the russians were working on this sort of thing so it's got an incredibly interesting history in fact there is a new documentary out called third eye Spies. That's what it's called. Third Eye Spies. Really great documentary. The content is amazing following these programs. So check that out. Third Eye Spies. Anyway, getting back to the story. That's what this story is about. So I'd recommend you take a look. How does it work into UFOs and ETs? Well, what's interesting is that many of uh, the remote viewers in the past believed they had remote-viewed aliens. In fact, I touch on that in my story in uh, the Project Blue Book thing. And uh, they believe that they, they you know, whenever they remote-viewed UFOs, they saw aliens and stuff like that. So many of these guys believe in aliens. Jim uh, Mars, unfortunately, he's passed away, but he has a, war, a book called uh, Psychic Spies where he refers to this. So actually, it's called Psy Spies where he refers to, you know, all of these beliefs from these people. So, really interesting stuff there. The Sun, another UK tabloid has a story TV producer sues CIA scientist in bid to expose Government UFO cover-up and blows whistle on mysterious anti-gravity research project. So this is about Robert Kiviat. Many of the UFO shows that you want to see on television have been produced by Robert Kiviat. I know this gentleman well. I've talked to him on a regular basis. He's calling. He's so interested in in all of these stories. In fact, this story was written by Emma Perry. She's written a couple of stories on me. But anyway, he is suing uh, a gentleman called um, Ron Pandolfi, who's worked with the CIA uh, on their alleged, what is called, weird desk. That's kind of a, uh, not an official title, but a title some, a couple of people who've worked in the CIA gave to these cold cases that were strange. Uh, But Robert Kiviat apparently was working with this guy on a project and a program Uh, to on reverse technology, or I mean on anti-gravity research. And Kvyat's disappointed. He says that, you know, he got kind of screwed out of some money. So he's suing these guys uh, over this whole thing. He says he also wants to expose that the CIA has been manipulating information related to the UFO phenomena. So really interesting. In fact, maybe we'll try to get Robert on. Now, Robert's the kind of guy you can't get off the phone with him, you know, uh, without talking Talking to him for an hour because he just talks and talks and talks and talks. So it'll be difficult when we interview him. I'm sure he'll just keep going on and on and on. But uh, it'll be great to get from him, I guess, from his mouth, you know, what he's talking about here. So I'll work on getting an interview with Robert. Uh, but until then, you know, you'll be able to check out this story in the sun. Also, in Florida, story in the Miami Herald, what if you were abducted by aliens? This Florida insurance company has you covered. So this is an insurance company that uh, covers people who believe they've been abducted by aliens. You can get alien abduction insurance. And apparently they have paid out at least once or twice on this. So, interesting. A couple things that they uh, have on here that they've covered, I guess. They've covered Taylor Swift's legs um, and Jennifer Lopez's butt, allegedly. So, uh, of course, those are very high-dollar, important uh, body parts that... uh, are culturally significant, so there's big dollar signs attached to those, Uh, not uh, literally, I don't know, there may be some tattoos there that we're not aware of, but uh, yeah, so they are covering alien abduction, so you can read more about that in the Miami Herald, also, a story coming from KMTV News in Omaha, UFO story revitalized after Beer comic book comes out. So this gentleman essentially wanted to write a comic book about UFOs. He looked into stories in Nebraska and he found this this gentleman, Herbert Shermer, who believed he had been abducted. Uh, he felt this was a very credible story, so he created a comic book about this story. Uh, the Miami Herald also interviewed, or I'm sorry, the uh, KMTV also interviewed some local UFO researchers who talked about how credible this case is. So very interesting. All these people involved believe there was something to it. Uh, also, a I guess a, a new beer came out this week called Starspace Dank IPA that is related to these UFO researchers and UFO research in Nebraska. So that's what that's all about. I also included a link to the Omaha World Herald, which also has a story called A Nebraska Cop's Alleged UFO Encounter Lives On, Thanks to a Graphic Novel and a Beer. So this story has a little bit more information and some more pictures on that same story. So I included... Two links to that story so you can get all the news that's out there on that one. Moving on, bizarre West Auckland UFO sighting terrifies couple. So this is an interesting sighting about this uh, these people in uh, all, in New Zealand. So they say that they were on the beach when they saw strange lights in the sky. They said it was the craziest experiences that they've ever had. Um, the they posted their sighting on Reddit. Their tagline, I guess their, their handle was UFO mystery one, two, three. But they said that, uh, they saw these bright orange red lights at the far end of the beach. This was uh, apparently written by a female. It says, my boyfriend and I. I guess I shouldn't assume the gender, but uh, my boyfriend and I saw two bright orange red lights far on the other end of the beach. In a matter of seconds, one of the lights started moving at full speed in a straight line no more than 200 meters above the water until it was directly in front of us. The UFO had changed from having a red light to a bright white light, somewhat like a torch shining directly after it, at us. After two minutes, the strange object moved away, flying incredibly fast and with perfect precision until it disappeared. But this wasn't the end. We were lying down looking at the stars for a while and then stood up to leap before realizing there were five of these things surrounding them in different areas on the beach. One of them was flying up and down and another from side to side. The others were st- just still switching between red and white spotlights. This was when we decided to leave scared s uh, the poopless. They were scared poopless, the other word for poopless. They fled the beach but couldn't escape the lights uh, is what they said. So they freaked out and they took off. And uh, so a really interesting sighting here that got into the news. People are saying they could have been Chinese lanterns or they could have been this or that. So who knows? You know what this reminds me of, too, and I wish that I would have linked to it. But, you know, I'll try to do that um, in the show notes. Or I know if you look at uh, the Open Mind UFO News. By the way, we do have a Facebook group. It's a closed group called Open Mind UFO News. It's closed. The only reason it's closed is so we can kick out the trollers, so the people that are being mean. Of course, we have a rule that debate is very much welcome. People can debate all they want, but they have to be civil with each other, you know? Not be mean, like the internet is so full of just extremely cruel and vile people. Well, that's not the type of people we want in this forum, and we have a lot of really great people who are willing to uh, not get personal when uh, we're debating things or talking about people. So that's why the group is closed. But if you want to be part of the group, just go to Facebook, go to the Open Mind UFO News Group, ask to join, and uh, usually within 24 hours, we'll get to you, sometimes really soon, and approve you, and you'll be able to get in there and read all the stories. So I post all of these stories. Others post stories in there. Uh, There's a lot of conversation that goes back and forth in there. But the reason I'm referring to it is someone had posted a story recently about some Some of the sightings that had occurred by Navy personnel. So if you remember last week, we talked about the History Channel show. There's going to be a History Channel show about To the Stars uh, Academy uh, ran by Tom DeLong and, of course, all these intelligence and, and, you know, these former important people, Danny and I are going to be talking about this in just a minute in the interview, are part of this program, but we don't know much about what Lou Elizondo researched regarding UFOs in ATIP. So, this new History Channel series that's coming out in just a couple months is going to be going over some of those stories, because according to Lou Elizondo, and he told us this even just a couple weeks ago in Alabama, and he told me it was cool to, to share this, that, you know, this show is going to include... Include a lot of these cases that we haven't heard yet that were military cases, including more Tic Tac cases. I'm assuming the Tic Tac cases, to be honest. I don't, I didn't, don't know that we heard that specifically, but other cases, including uh, a case where there were. Uh, Allegedly observed several square objects that seemed to have kind of a round aura around them, and they moved in strange ways. And the reason I bring this up is because these objects that uh, um, they they describe seeing is kind of similar to this New Zealand sighting. And somebody recently made a video that uh, you know kind of shows what those what that sighting looked like. And that's posted in the Open Mind UFO news group, so you can see it there. Uh, However, you know, uh, this sighting in New Zealand also could have been a group of drones. I mean, it doesn't say they heard anything. But I guess, I think we need more information to definitely rule out the drone possibility. You never know. Like, I've got one of these little drones, um, the Spark, and it's freaking awesome. It flies so fast, all over the place, and uh, it has a... HD camera on it. I love this thing, but you know, no doubt, if I flew that around on the beach, which I have, not at night, but if I were to fly it around uh, on the beach at night, it probably would look like a UFO. I have flown it around in parks and stuff at night, and it uh, it looks really weird. And it zooms, man. It goes really close, and at night, it's hard to tell how far something is from you. So if something's close and it's moving very fast. Then, um, and, and you assume that it's far, of course, then it's gonna give you the perception that it's moving much faster than it actually is. So that's up, what's up with that. Next story, a website called 24-7 Wall Street. So, of course, mostly they're covering news and tech and, and things that affect, you know, the economy. However, they have a story in here called States with the Most UFO Sightings, and they have a list of different UFO sightings. They, sh- they write a little bit about UFOs um, at the beginning of this story, and then they get right into it. And essentially, it's very long. They cover pretty much every state, and they talk about, you know, what are the states with the biggest sighting. They talk about their methodology to putting this list together and where they're referencing this information. They're referencing a book by Cheryl Costa. So, of course, we've had her on the show. She actually won uh, the Researcher of the Year Award at the International UFO Congress for this book. But the book is called The UFO Sightings Desk, Desk Reference, United States of America, 2001-2015, to 2015, Unidentified Flying Objects, Frequency, Distributions, and Shapes. So it's a great book. If you don't have it, I would highly recommend it. And she did a great job reaching out to the media and getting a lot of attention for this book. So here's still another example, even though the book's been out almost a couple of years now, at least over a year, and uh, still getting media attention. So she actually already does this. She already has her own list of, of the top sightings. So they must have talked to her and gotten this information from her. But uh, yeah, they list the, the states with the most UFO sightings. So that's really interesting uh, story there. And then let's see what else we got The Guardian. So this is another UK. Paper, But actually, it's not a tabloid. It's funny because we hear so much from the UK tabloids because they're so popular. And it seems we hear little from the more uh, credible news sources like the BBC or this one, The Guardian. And uh, of course, they don't really cover some hard UFO stuff sometimes, but not often. This story is called From UFO Cults to Nietzsche. John Gray picks the best books on atheism and faith. And one of the books that they're referring to, this is why we're talking UFOs, is called When Prophecy Fails. And they're kind of a, an examination of this UFO cult. And, and I I don't personally like to use that word much. It has a negative connotation, and sometimes, you know, it's warranted, but sometimes it's not. I mean, uh, a religion is, uh, to one person, you know, just like to anybody else, as long as it's not a a bad thing. But this was a group that uh, predicted the end of the world and were wrong. And, of course, this happens a lot. In fact, you know, I think we get a lot of people predicting the end of UFO secrecy, and they're always wrong. But anyway, they review this call, and kind of like, how did people deal with that? They were, you know, they believed in this. This group and then they didn't come through. How do people deal? uh, How do they lose faith? That sort of thing. So one of the five books is UFOs. And then finally, there's a story in my S.A., which is a San Antonio news site that says creepy, scary UFO sightings reported in Texas in 2019. So they go over a few Texas. They have a, a, a slideshow here of 35 different stories. They really don't provide a lot of information. They got these stories from the National UFO Reporting Center. But, yeah, a little bit about uh, some sightings from 2019 um, in the uh, My SA there. So, that's the last link. So, those are all of the links to the news stories. So, do check those out at openminds.tv. You'll see them on the front page. And I also link to them in the show notes, no matter where you're listening, whether that's a podcast or from my blog, or from Open Minds TV, or let's see, where else did I post it? YouTube. So, you know, this podcast is all over the place. Wherever you, you'll see the link to the headlines, and you'll be able to get links to all of these stories so check them out but that's it for the news so let's take a quick break if you're listening on the radio you'll hear a a commercial otherwise you'll hear a short musical interlude and then we'll be back with danny silva of the silver record stay tuned Welcome back to Open Mind GFO Radio. I'm your host, Alejandro Rojas, and I am very excited for the next guest, Danny Silva. It's his first time on the show. Hello, Danny.
0: Hello, Alejandro. I'm so happy to be- i have always been an example of a class act, oh. um, someone that everyone else can look up to uh, in the field, and you handle yourself exactly how we try to handle ourselves. So thank you.
1: Well, thank you very much for saying that. That's uh very flattering. I'm going to tear up a little bit here. No, (laughs) thank you very much. And, uh, I'm excited to have you on because it's kind of neat. I mean, uh, really it's, it's you and, uh, you know, Joe UFO Joe have kind of come out of the woodwork and you've been inspired to create these blogs and cover some, uh, of what's been going on lately so i wanted to uh ask you you know what inspired you first to get into this field and then to um actually get involved in and get the blog up so let's tackle the first one first what inspired you to get into the whole uh interested in ufos in the first place
0: you know i'm not sure originally it was just really interesting to me um growing up as a kid in the 90s and um uh it was just something that was really amazing to me and then i started listening to art bell and then george nori george knapp um just religiously but then obviously what happened was the uh december 17 the article happened and i just kind of had to reevaluate everything (laughs) um i wasn't sure you know about everything and I believed it, but it was just, it was a whole new world that happened after that Times article and, um, to the stars and all that kind of thing. It was cool because, uh, I had heard about that story, um, from Art Bell. Uh, he had posted it somewhere on social media, so I thought that was kind of fitting, and, um, but since then, it's just, I've been locked in, and I, I can't watch a movie or do anything else without feel like I'm wasting time, um, And there's just so much to take in. And I was already into it before then, but then just after that, it was just a whole different me. Um, and then I jumped on social media and I was just kind of tweeting about it and things like that. People started asking me my opinion. Um, and then I had some friends who, uh, wanted to start a blog and I, I'm not a writer or a journalist. And, um, they kind of talked me into it, and at first I wasn't even using my real name, and uh, they convinced me to use my real name, and now I'm kind of a public person with it, And um, but now I am writing, and now I would be considered maybe an amateur journalist or, or doing some of those sort of things that I never thought I would be doing, but I just kind of got thrown into it, and, and now I'm here.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, now you're screwed because it sounds like you've got the bug like me. That's That's what happened to me. You know, a couple decades or, or something ago. Just this compulsion, like you said, where you're always thinking, thinking about it. And you've you've got to get into it, no matter what you can do. And then uh, I haven't been able to kick that feeling for ever. So <laughs> look forward to years and years of it.
0: Yeah, really, and um, and it's it's not that I won't you know ever do anything else, but it's just. It's so important, and, and you hear people you know, saying how important it is, like Tom DeLonge, and they, they call it, what is it, like the greatest story ever or something along those lines, and mm-hmm. I kind of agree, and it just, it affects all of us. People act like it doesn't, but it really does affect everything, and um, I don't know what else we could be doing to be changing the world and getting to the bottom of some of these uh, big questions.
1: hmm now your blog. Why? What inspired you to do a blog? I mean, did you see that uh, there was a, kind of a gap of information, or what? What really inspired you? What did you think? Hey, you know, here's something that I can do that others aren't doing.
0: Well, basically, like I was saying, that people were asking me to. Mm. Um, I never thought I would have, and then once I kind of started doing it, um, I kind of changed my mindset. But also because. I wanted to know what the latest things were happening. Mm -hmm. Um, I was so addicted to finding out what was going on and I wanted to have a place where other people can go on the internet to see some of this stuff. And it's so quick moving and fast paced that it changes all the time. And consistently I'm talking to people in my normal everyday life and, um, they can't keep up with it Mm -hmm. and they're not obsessed. They got their lives and, um, to take care of. And, uh, And So I'm just kind of trying to have a place on the Internet where people can just click on it and kind of find out what the latest thing is going on without sifting through all this information. Um, And then uh, I really just got hooked on reporting stories and coming up with some of my own stories even. Um, But uh, generally, I was just trying to inform people. And by doing that, it also gives me access to find out more information for myself.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you've been doing a good job with that. And that's kind of why I asked the question in that way, where you are, I think, filling a gap, which is wonderful, because I mean, um, uh, you know, so many of us, well, here's what I see is happening. And (laughs) here's why I uh, now I get to tell you why I think you're so important and what you're doing is so great, Um, is that there is really kind of this... uh, I think when that story, New York Times story came out, there's this really delineation between those who report the information that's out there and then those that speculate. And um, really, it it became apparent that the large percentage of people um, covering this sort of stuff on a regular basis wanted to do a lot of speculation. Um, So, of course, you've got great stories from George Knapp, uh, but very few others are just kind of sticking to the facts. There are some. Uh, but what's great about you popping up here is that you're able to cover stories that other people aren't covering. I mean, has there been a time where you kind of posted something and you felt great? You're like, nobody else has done this, so uh, I've kind of got a scoop here.
0: Yeah, I feel like I've had a bunch of scoops. And, um, you know, I kind of got fed up with, with some of the speculation also, and I'm not knocking anyone for doing it. And Right. It has a big, has a big place. Um, but me personally, I try not to. And maybe that is me falling back into more of a amateur journalist or what mm-hmm. you whatever you would call it. I'm trying if you notice in my in my blogs I'm trying to use a lot of quotes mm-hmm. and I go by what other people are saying. I'm trying not to come up with a lot of opinions on my own. I mean, I do have some and I I insert them um in places, but um it's just not my thing. My thing is more so reporting on these other important people cuz you know, I, I I'm trying to track them down. I do what um a lot of other prominent ufologists do and they uh they have a list of people and they watch them Um, grant cameron originally uh talks about this a lot and he just has his list and he watches people and he listens to what they're saying he watches all their interviews Um, i'm trying to reach out to as many people as possible and talk to them myself and then i just kind of um report on that and I, i just try to quote them um because they know what's going on at the end of the day. I'm trying to find out what's going on, but I'm not, you know, inside in a lot Mm -hmm. of these places. And, you know, I wasn't a member of ATIP for darn sure. So I'm (laughs) I'm trying to, uh, quote Lou Elizondo and other to the stars members and George Knapp and people with access because they know what's going on. And, um, and I'm trying to just put it together, um, uh, concisely for, for other people to follow.
1: Mm. hmm um, And I, you know what, I, because of course I am a journalist, I love that. That's why I'm such a big fan of George Knapp, uh, sticking to the facts. uh, And that's what's wonderful about about what you're doing, which seems to come natural to you. Because even when I'm writing a story, I may think, you know, or when I start to investigate, I'm like, I know what I'm going to find. I'm going to find this or that. But so many times you find out, no, I'm completely wrong. You know, the answer, once I, ask the questions or find the documents or read the stories are different than I ever could have imagined. So that's, what's great about, I think the way you're doing what you're doing. And then it's also a better resource for people like me because you're referencing, you know, credible, um, information.
0: Yeah. And, um, Some of these blogs, they may look like, you know, I put them together quickly, but it takes a lot of time to Mm. sift through the interviews, find the right quotes. Some of these, I'll be literally compiling information for months before I put it out. So I have like a list of things right now that I'm um, working on at all times and I'm compiling quotes and, and info and tidbits. And, um, I get some good tips also from people. Um, I get a lot of crazy stuff also in my inbox that I just can't report on or that I'm not interested in reporting on, but, um. I, I'm blessed to have other people that um I can call upon, like um my friend Juliano Marinkovich, he mm. is great and yeah. he has so much information. He's like an archivist basically. So I can um ask him if I need something and I have all these other people, um like James Iandoli and um other friends of mine, Twitter user Jay, and they just help me out and um I think we're all um making waves now or at least um We're helping. I think that's what we're trying to do is help. Um, We're not trying to tear anyone else down, and um, we're trying to move this thing forward and and support people that we think um, are really making a difference, whether that's to the STARS Academy or yourself or Dr. Diana Posoka um, or people like that that are just really, um, I think, changing everything right now.
1: Mm hmm. So let's get into some of your stories, because what's great about a lot of the headlines that you're using, they're short and simple, and they're to the point, um, to the point that you're making. For instance, a tip did not end is one of your uh, stories. And just for those people out there who might be new to the show, a tip is this kind of Pentagon program uh, that we just found out about December uh, 2017 through the New York Times. Um Luckily, I had a little insight into that, but, uh, you know, that's the story you were talking about that broke, that really got you into it, but a lot of the media, because in that original story, you know, the DOD said the funding had ended, and they were under the impression that the program had ended, but uh, it hasn't ended, at least we've heard from several insiders, right, that uh, the program's still continuing.
0: Right, you know, Lou said that from the beginning, ever since the New York Times um, story, and I understand why it's hard for um, some of these media outlets because they'll read maybe a piece of the New York Times article or they're not soaking it in or they're not um, eating it and sleeping it like we are every day. But um, they'll, they'll they'll end up quoting one part of the, um, of the story, like the Pentagon spokespeople or whatever it was who said it ended. Then they're not reading the next paragraph where Lou says it doesn't end. They're not listening to these other numerous interviews with Lou saying it didn't end or other people like George Knapp and Jeremy Corbell saying it didn't end. And um yeah, and, and, and a lot of it is really confusing. There is still pieces of it that I'm confused about, like the OSAP, ATIP, um how they basically I feel like they morphed into uh ASAP may have like ended but then also morphed into ATEP. But that's very confusing stuff. It's real technical. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah ATIP didn't end. There's been um uh, multiple um statements now um elizondo did say at the scu conference that uh he basically hinted that it may not have the same name so it may not be called atip but there's still this program that kind of uh compiles military um sightings or data and uh and puts it in one place and i mean let's be honest i don't think anyone has ever believed that there wasn't a government ufo program going on so um, basically throughout time so mm-hmm. just the fact that, you know, there would still be going with, uh, one going on still, you know, it makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. It does make a lot of sense. And, of course, you know, we've heard from people like uh, Paul Dean in, in Australia. I've had him on the show, and uh, people could look up his website. And uh, he has been following, really following that thread and those documents. What's interesting, too, with Paul Dean is that he uh, has discovered there have been departments that are been getting some files on UFO reports, even though they claim, you know, they're not looking into it. And he seemed to also indicate that you, what you just referred to, that these programs change their names periodically. And I had forgotten about Lou saying that in Alabama, that, yeah, it might not be called ATIP anymore, which I think is the first time he said that, and which is kind of a clue for us that, you know, I think this is the way... They they keep people from finding them because all of us are putting these FOIA's out there for a tip, and uh, we're not going to get any of this new stuff because that's not their name.
0: Yeah, and um, you know, Paul Dean basically broke the Osep story, which was huge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> One thing I've found um, that every once in a while I'll write a blog, and it'll be kind of like a breaking story or new info. Then I'll have all these people like privately message me, "Hey, I wasn't allowed to talk about this. Now that you wrote about it, it's in the public realm, and I can talk about it." So that's basically what seemed like happened with um, when Paul Dean uh, came out with the OSEP thing, and then since then we've had a flood of information about it, um, and we've had the um, the dirt list come out with from from George Matt and uh, all this other stuff. So Paul did an uh, amazing service by um, coming out with the OSEP stuff for sure.
1: hmm Yeah, and as soon as he did that, and it's funny because I, I really feel like it inspired it. Then George came out with a bunch of leaked documents about uh, osap and and for those of you who aren't aware who might be new to this also with there's so many acronyms um, and you can correct me what that was the advanced aerospace weapon system application program yeah. And it essentially was the first program uh, which got the original funding, Which uh, so the New York Times was a little off on that, that the program was actually called OSAP at the time, and then that's the program that uh, essentially these religious factions um, in the government closed down, and we learned that from uh, George Knapp, but then Lou has confirmed that and written about that since, but... um, like you just said, that transition period of is OSAP Um Is TIP just another name for ASAP?" is are these different programs? How did that, you know transition happen? We don't have those answers, And we have and uh, you know, John Greenwald, someone who's pointed this out uh, conflicting information from the people involved on all of that, but uh, so that's kind of a gray area still.
0: Yeah, and if some of the information I feel that's conflicting from um, the To the Stars members or people that were involved with ATIP, to me, it not super big deals. It's it's little things. I think the big contradictions probably have came from um, the Pentagon spokespersons. Um, and, you know, uh, they've proven over and over again that we can't necessarily believe what they're saying. Um, th- this isn't exclusive to the UFO field, that, you know, there's spokespeople that make these statements and they end up not being accurate. And it's not just with UFOs. It's with a lot of different things in politics and the government. And um, I'm not sure who ends up being held co- accountable for that. It's almost like yeah. they can blast off these statements and then there's like no repercussions if they're incorrect. Yeah, But um, especially with, uh, you know, Lou consistently highlighting that um, a lot of this stuff is FOIA exempt um, and the FOIAs are important. But at the same time, that can't be our sole source of information. Um, but um, so I'm not knocking anyone for doing that. But uh, we just we need to listen to the actual people that were involved in the um, in the programs themselves.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. You, you know, and um, I think one thing that gets lost with people a little bit is that, for instance, we didn't hear about OSAP from Lou, uh, who of course ran ATIP. Until the information was made public, and uh, he said that a few times. So these dirts, which are these reports that were uh, these written for the OSAP program by physicists and and other you know researchers, those he couldn't talk about either until that that came out as well. And and he said over and over again, he not only is some of it not cleared to be shared. But some of it uh, belongs to departments which he uh, are still his colleagues and friends, and he's not going to step on their toes and uh, you know release anything that they wouldn't want him to release, even if he could technically uh, do it. So uh, you know it's got to come from someone else. And luckily, George Knapp is getting material from straight from Washington, as he's written about, and uh, which is sharing a lot of this. So, and I will say, I, I've been doing some real big digging. So I do have on the horizon some more information about those questions, about ATIP and OSAP and how that all happened, uh, coming forth here soon. Um, but again, it is kind of getting into the weeds because the big stuff, you know, we have these other people talking about.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, one thing that, uh, was another contradiction was the in the letter uh, to John McCain and um, his committee, they they asked for what was it all products produced by ATIP, and they were sent the 38 DIRDS. Well, we know from hearing George Knapp and Harry Reid that that is inaccurate. That the DIRDS were just the icing on the cake for for the, as far as OSEP went. Um, Another thing that's seemingly being misreported, and I don't blame them because I kind of just figured this out last night. I think now I can say this um, and be more confident about it. But, you know, uh, the New York Times reported that the 22 million was for ATIP. And then so we've been wondering and then we heard that it was for OSAP. So we've been wondering, was there another 22 million for ATIP? But after listening to uh, George Knapp's interview last night on Space Radio, it sounds like definitely the 22 million was for OSAP. There was no 22 million for ATIP. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this stuff is just becoming more clear and clearer, and sometimes it's taking 15 interviews um, (laughs) to really get that.
1: Right. Exactly. You know, and and, uh, fortunately, I've had the chance to talk to, to Lou, but it's when you ask a set of questions that just, of course, creates more questions and uh and so it's this back and forth for many many times and sometimes we don't have access to these people except for on occasion so it takes time to collect this information and uh it takes time for them to get in front of an interviewer who is savvy enough to ask the good questions
0: yeah no doubt um you know and and we love these interviews and i think um there's, They're going to be probably doing a lot more probably around the um, TV show or after it. Um, but, you know, that's another thing I try to do is I just sift through these interviews and I listen to them over and over and over again. And it's funny, Lou or someone else, they'll say something and people kind of pass it over. And then months later, I'll highlight that quote from them. And it's like a whole new story all over again because people passed over that quote and they didn't have it in context.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So um, I think that's something I'm able to do with the website put these quotes together that people are passing over or they just don't understand at the time.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, the other hard part is getting into the weeds. You mentioned this a bit too, and I think you're right, is that a lot of it is so complicated. You know, I had John Alexander on not too long ago, and he talked about how complicated and just uh, almost, you know, to the point of being silly that the bureaucracy and the structures are when it comes to the government. So I don't think we're ever going to find out the minutiae that a lot of people are scrambling for, for, you know, what department was this in? Who did this person report to? Blah, blah, blah. We're probably never going to get that stuff because it's just, um, there's secrecy and and there's probably very few people who understand. So I think some of these discrepancies really, and I don't think we can really personally beat them up too much about this, is they just don't know. They're taking their best guess. I think Lou probably knows the best. He was an administrator, but... The other guys are just well, here's what I think it is, and you know little do they know people are gonna hold them to it and um you know go crazy if they're they're uh, off a bit
0: not and not every um DERD author which was the defense intelligence reference documents not i've I've spoken to some of those scientists and authors, mm. not all of them just a couple of them, but a lot of them don't don't didn't know what was a hundred percent going on. they were doing their research and and um and submitting it, and they didn't have you know, access and clues into OSAP or BAS um, or any of these uh, people. And, and I can't speak for all of them. That's just a couple. But uh, I found that interesting. You know, they were kind of doing their thing and um, and they didn't have this big time access.
1: That is another awesome piece of information. That is a really, really good point. Um, also. And we only have a minute, so maybe we'll just start into this just for a second. But here's another story that you're covering that I don't think anybody else has, that uh, we'll talk more about this after the break, but you wrote about how To the Stars has a new advisor, Chris Herndon.
0: Right, yeah. Tom DeLong announced that on on Instagram, and we don't know a whole lot about him. Um, He's made some comments um, on Twitter, and I think one or two people have been able to contact him, but basically, you know, he's this White House guy, and um, to me, it sounds like uh, he's going to be another link for to the stars and in um, D.C. So, wow. that's valuable.
1: Mm-hmm. That's really exciting. So we'll talk a little bit more about that once we come out of the break. But just to remind people some more uh, here, because we've introduced now another acronym to the stars, or TTSA, is the the group ran by Rockstar star Tom DeLong with a lot of officials that now that Lou Elizondo has left the DOD and uh, the Pentagon, he is now working with Tom DeLong and these gentlemen at to the stars and they're all very high level including apparently this uh, gentleman Chris Kirst- Chris Herndon who just joined the team so we'll get into that after the break we got to take a quick break here uh, if you're listening on a radio station then you'll hear a commercial for the rest of you you'll hear a short musical interlude and then we'll be right back with uh, Mr. Danny Silva Welcome back to Open Mind UFO Radio. This is your host, Alejandro Rojas, and we are with Danny Silva of The Silva Record. I've referred to his blog several times in the last few weeks so you got to check out silverrecord.com and i'm very excited to have him here and you're covering and you're looking at stuff the others of us are either missing or just don't have time to look at and one of those we are just talking about is this new member of to the stars uh chris herndon and uh is there anything else more you could tell us about him
0: i don't know a whole lot about it you know mm-hmm. um i did a blog called um ufo databases and i This is me speculating. I noticed that he had all this tech background and um, security background, technology security uh, background with the White House. So I just kind of speculated maybe he's Mm. helping out with some of this UFO database stuff. I really have no idea. That could be 100% wrong. Um, You know
1: what? It's good speculation in that, you know, that's what Lou was supposed to do originally. But, of course, as we've seen, his kind of role seems to have expanded to kind of like, uh, like he said, uh, in Alabama, begrudgingly having to being forced into being a spokesperson. But also he's out there leading a lot of the investigations, apparently. So, uh, it would make sense that they would need more help to help blue out with that uh, security, uh, digital security type of area.
0: Yeah. And the, and the data databases themselves are just like this huge story. I mean, it's basically when you say database, you basically are meaning everything that ATIP came up with or everything OSAP came up with. I mean, it's somewhere, everything BAS came up with um, or, or other private individuals like Robert Bigelow. So it basically means we want to see the um the fruits of their labor and uh it's somewhere it's in these probably highly secure computers somewhere and um if and to the stars is now talking about making one called vault so that'll just be you know huge and if there's public access to it it could be a massive game changer
1: mm-hmm. so uh another piece of information oh and and getting back to that really quickly is that you know some people have kind of criticized uh MUFON for working with uh to the stars but this is an example where it's a great thing if they're working with to the stars because uh then they can help each other with these databases which has always been a struggle for MUFON
0: yeah you know um I think MUFON has the numbers um Mm -hmm. I don't get too far into a lot of the MUFON stories. Um, I know some people over there, but I'm not super versed on it. But um, I was excited to hear that interview with um, Jan Harzan and and Lou on uh, Coast to Coast with George Knapp last year. That was cool. So I think anyone that they can get kind of on their side, um, especially a giant organization with all these people, um, is going to
1: help them. Mm Mm-hmm. So here's another great story that you've got um, that uh, I I don't see a lot of other people paying attention to. Another one I'd love to get to at, but uh, for me, it's great because then I can use your stuff as a reference. But the Navy UFO event uh, took place off the coast of Florida and Virginia. So, yeah, this is not getting a lot of news yet. I think it will. I think it will be part of the History Channel show uh, or – at least some release of information in the future is what I hear. But uh, tell us about that.
0: Um, You know, everyone, ever since the the gimbal video was released, it shocked everybody. And a lot of people confuse it with the Tic Tac Nimitz video. The Tic Tac one didn't have audio. The gimbal video had the audio where they said it was rotating. Um, I also did a story about how maybe that rotation could match up with um, some of the stuff Bob Lazar is talking about or other people. I think that rotation is very important um, uh, as for the propulsion it possibly at least. But, uh, and then there's all these other rumors circulating. Um, another researcher I look up to Keith Basterfield, he heard that from his sources that there's at least five gimbal videos. Um, I think that that's probably accurate that there's a bunch of different ones. One of them is probably go fast. It was probably from the same event. Um, and,
1: um, and but, just uh, for so people to so know, yeah. the, the New York Times story, they released two videos, but Two the Stars has released three overall. That is a Tic Tac video from the Nimitz, the gimbal video you're referring to, which we don't have a lot of information about, the other two. And then there's one called Go Fast, which we also don't have a whole lot of information about.
0: Yeah, and um, since then, you know, everyone has been trying to um, track it down, figure out what's going on with it. Um, A lot of information was released about the Nimitz, but the gimbal has been a lot more mysterious. Um, My friend Dave Beatty, who did the Nimitz encounters, he's been getting with a lot of military witnesses. They're trying to track down people um, that were involved with the gimbal. They think it might have been involved with uh, the USS Roosevelt. Um, And basically, we've heard that it was off the East Coast. That's all we knew. Then we started to hear it was off of, um, possibly off of Florida. We didn't know that. And then I was listening to an interview that George Knapp was conducting. It was like three in the morning. I was half asleep, and then I heard him say Virginia. And that was totally new information as far as I was concerned. So I jumped on the computer and started typing it up and um, didn't sleep at all that night. But, um, so that was new. And since the he said Virginia, Eric Davis has also said Virginia to Erica Lukes um, during their interview. Mm-hmm. Dr. Eric Davis, who's, who's a legend. And uh, another thing Dr. Eric Davis said about the gimbal that, as far as I'm concerned, I think was all new information, um, was that there was Tic Tacs involved because in the gimbal video, it looks like a saucer. Um, David Favor and Jeremy Corbell have also talked about these squares inside circles mm-hmm. or a square inside of an um, aura, like a circular aura, and they refer to them as scouts. Um, so we knew that shape was there. We knew probably the saucer shape was there from the gimbal video that was rotating the go fast video. You don't really, you can't really make out a shape, um, very well. And now Eric Davis has also said there's Tic Tac. So this gimbal thing is amazing. Um, has said there's a fleet. Um, also the pilot speaking says, look on the ASA, there's a whole fleet of them. So this has potential to be equally or more important than the Nimitz encounter. Um, I just keep asking myself how many more of these is it going to take? Because the Nimitz encounter was amazing and and it changed everything. But at the same time, the public general public has kind of been sleeping on it. Like it kind of went away. We haven't been, we've been talking about it every day to death, but (laughs) you know, um, it it hit the news and it kind of went away, but how many more of these is it going to take? And, And this may be one of the biggest ones ever. Um, And, you know, there may be links with water. I've been following that story um, as far as oceans and things like that. But this gimbal story is going to be huge. And there's been rumors um, consistently that witnesses will be coming out kind of similar to the Nimitz. And I only can hope that that happens. And I hope we get more information, maybe some of the other videos um, during the To the Stars show.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we will. I mean, uh, Lou has said and I hope this was public. And I'm pretty sure what, yeah, you definitely said uh, that there will be more cases released, including in the History Channel show, some of them better than Nimitz, which, of course, like you said, really puts us back in our seat because Nimitz is extraordinary. Um, but to have cases that are better is like, wow. And uh, like you said, uh, some incidents that, uh, include multiple uh objects so um and this is what's really great about you guys you know people paying attention to everything people are saying because now we have more information that you know this could be off of florida or virginia or at least these uh incidents have occurred in those areas and if they're mentioning them it's likely that there is some pretty good documentation um that also supports those cases
0: Right. And, you know, just hearing the pilots talk um, and seeing the video, uh, you would think people would be um, more amazed by it, you know, and then people are still trying to say it's a bird or whatever they're saying or it's a smudge on the screen. And um, it's crazy. So I think when the show comes out and we get some of um, this extra data like we got with the Nimitz, um, it's going to smack some people in the face that haven't um, believed these things are real.
1: I think you're right, because the other thing that we have not gotten is who has analyzed the videos? Who inside of the military, uh, whether that be at the DOD or, you know, someone uh, at the Pentagon, Lou uh, was able to get to look at it, or someone inside the Navy, uh, we don't know. Or the Marines, because some of these were spotted by Marines. Uh, We don't know. And it it changes from I'm a video analyst at that point, too, now I have to critique the um, investigation that was done that I can't even see yet by the Navy or somewhat. I mean, you have to now, because you're talking about someone who has expertise that are really beyond yours, uh, you have to counter what they have discovered. And uh, we don't even have the information to go there yet. So I, I agree with you that it's a little premature Uh, It's worth looking at, but to be definitive is, um, I feel like you, premature.
0: One thing um, I noticed that was really interesting to me, and it took me listening to an Eric Davis interview with George Knapp. I must have listened to it 15, 20 times, Mm -hmm. and um, I was going back recently listening to it, and he said that there was 36 investigations into the Nimitz. Wow. Um, At first, I... Was thinking, was he confusing it with the 38 dirds? But no, he wasn't. He was talking about the 36 investigations just into the Nimitz alone. So it sounds like when these things are happening, you know, we do hear that maybe they're just getting put in a drawer and forgotten about, and, and that may be happening also. But it does sound like there's a lot of resources going into um, these investigations and, they, and analyzing what's happening.
1: Mm-hmm. And they seem to be widely known. Uh, Robert Powell tells a story about when he finally got to talk to someone, uh, you know, about getting some information about the Tic Tac. He mentioned the word Tic Tac, and the guy was like, oh, the Tic Tacs? I know what you're talking about. You know, a guy in the Navy, just some random dude. And he was aware of these Tic Tac UFO sightings.
0: Yeah. Um, I only I only can imagine what, what else is going to come out about this. Um, Eric Davis also said that there was Tic Tac, you know, events. I think one interview he said Middle East, another interview he said Asia. But, I mean, these Tic Tacs are probably getting seen all over the world. And the shapes alone of, um, of these craft, the differences in the shapes, is just extremely amazing. Um, Lou at one point said that people um, in the know probably thought that the different shapes um, were because of different functions of the craft. But I think once some of that comes out, or I hope it does, um, it's going to be a really, really big deal.
1: Mm-hmm. That's so cool. So you had mentioned also, because a lot of these are over the ocean these uh cases that we're talking about, and so your latest blog is uh u f o s in water which are also called u s o s unidentified submerged objects so what was kind of the the stuff you wanted to share in that blog
0: um basically i've I've heard these comments I heard Lou in Italy, and one of the questions from the crowd they said um you know, uh, what, I don't remember exactly how the question was stated, but you know, what were the, some of the, um, the trends and he said nuclear and water, but not necessarily together. Um, we've seen the documentary. Um, most people have, uh, what it I don't remember what it's called now? Nukes and,
1: uh, Oh, uh, Robert, Robert Hastings, Hastings UFOs yeah. and nukes,
0: UFOs. That's right. And, you know, there was the book, um, written ufos and water um a while ago but uh this seems like a really really big deal and then you know the nimitz was over water all these other um encounters were over water um i don't know if that's or we can just speculate basically why that could be um we don't know there was the Aguadilla, i think i'm pronouncing that right yeah. um in puerto rico and you know that might if that thing is real then that's as important as maybe the Nimitz and Gimbal um I would love to see someone really confirm that 100 percent um as real from the government um the SCU did a great job with their report on it and they definitely think it's real but uh it would be great if it was also um just kind of confirmed by Lou or someone else maybe they didn't take a look at it I don't know or maybe it's um classified and sensitive but it just seems like over and over again these water um instances are um are popping up and then what really did it was tom delong's uh instagram post um he said i got it right here uh who here wants to meet up and talk about how a few years ago an unidentified craft was underwater and pinned against the north atlantic coast by multiple nuclear attack submarines for over a week so when he he has a lot of hot takes on his uh social media but when he said that we all freaked out (laughs) i only can hope that that's going to be included into the show Mm-hmm. Um, if if they can approve that, um, or or just talk about that, I think it's going to be a big deal. I mean, we know about UFOs in 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 water. We, or, I mean, in um, in the air, and you know, obviously, people think about them in space. But now, if people start thinking about them in the water, it's just going to be more fuel on the fire. Um, mm-hmm. They get get more people interested.
1: What's exciting about all of this, too, especially like with all the things that you're mentioning. All of these things that we're talking about are so, the situation so fluid. So we're we're receiving little bits of information on a regular basis, really, about all of this, and we know that uh, large amounts of information are forthcoming, especially when it comes to the History Channel show. So all of this is unraveling, and uh, that's what's really exciting. That's why I think that uh, there's no need to be uh, impatient. That if you're, ta- if you're paying attention, there's a lot going on. And and again, that's another great service that your blog um, serves is that, you know, if other people aren't catching it, like me or, or others, uh, George, or, you know, when we're not doing anything, you're doing stuff and you're sharing more information, that tidbits that are get out. And others, of course, Giuliano is great. He's following all of these interviews and everything. Um UFO Joe, who we're actually gonna have on the show next week, is is transcribing a lot of this stuff in these interviews. So there's a really some people have said, Oh, we're not finding out anything out, you know, it's so boring. And it's like, are you kidding? There's there's tons of information coming out.
0: There's stuff everywhere. Um it does kind of feel like we're calm before the storm as far as with the <laughs> show. Um we've all been kind of foaming at the mouth because we heard these rumors. Um that there was going to be a march announcement or an april announcement and it just really seems like everything is riding on the show now um not that there's massive amounts of pressure which i think there probably is but um i'm, I'm confident that they're going to deliver um this really seems like it and it's only going to be six episodes i don't know how they're going to pack everything into the six <laughs>
1: yeah. but
0: um maybe also the show will be this the jumping off point um And, you know, there's so much stuff going on behind the scenes that we don't know about. I only focus on public comments, um, and I only can imagine or speculate on what's happening behind the scenes um, with the government, with some of these briefings, um, with these closed-door talks about trying to get people to come forward. Um, George Knapp yesterday said that maybe... One day, um, a more prominent uh, politician than Harry Reid would come out and talk about it. Because right now, Harry Reid seems to have been the biggest ever, in my mind at least. But um, I only can imagine what would happen if uh, someone else came out. Um, you know, we always have rumors about other politicians being involved, but, you know, that might be a huge deal. Um, or what if someone came out and said that they were an experiencer? That was in a high position. I mean, I think it would change everything. Someone that everyone trusts that, um, you know, you can't just kind of like shake off um, as being a crazy person. Um, If they came out and said that they were an experiencer, um, you know, uh, I think that would change a lot. And a lot of people have said that they've seen craft that were famous, but I think if someone really came out and said they were a legit experiencer, it would change a lot of things
1: too. Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, another story. We only have a few minutes left, but uh, you had mentioned Diana Pasulka, and she wrote this book recently, American Cosmic, UFOs, Religion, Uh, and Technology, and uh, she comes up, she shows up in your article about the metamaterials, which is another thing that we're going to learn more about, another whole area of all of this that is really exciting, and maybe we'll just do another show where we can talk about some of that stuff, but uh, how does she fit in?
0: Well, um, Dr. Pasolka was taken to a crash site from the 40s. Um, she has uh, extremely high connections, and she was able to go there with a scientist, and they found some pieces. Um, there's other but basically she was giving, given impeccable access um, to write her book. And her book, to me, changes a lot of things if you read it and also read between the lines. Um, I just, I can't stress that enough. Um, you know, there's stories of, um, of, uh, scientists in her book doing current work on some of these metal, material, metal materials. They don't think they were made in this universe. Um, they look like she describes them as frog skin. at least one of them. Um, And, um, just the simple fact that she was able to go there and get shown this stuff makes me wonder, um, just exactly what's going on. Um, a lot of people think of to the stars Academy, um, as the main group and they totally are, but there is other people, um, doing all this kind of amazing stuff. Um, and there's other work being done with meta materials. So I think um if it's going to be coming from more than one place it's even better to convince the skeptics and Mm -hmm. the more scientists that are involved the better and i think that's also one of the goals of to the stars academy is to get politicians to start talking about this and get the scientific community to start talking about this when previously they thought that you know they weren't allowed to or it was silly or they would get in trouble if they did it and once it's okay for everyone to start talking about this, um, it's going to be a game changer. And I think that's already happening um, from to the stars and from Diana Pasoka and other people like that.
1: Mm-hmm. I agree with you 100% that that uh, we see this happening. And uh, there's no doubt about it. And that's what's great. Um, and I've, maybe that's what some people are concerned about, is that the conversation is now reaching, reaching another level. And uh, you have these credible scientists, uh, you know, and uh, retired officials and so forth now getting involved, politicians, and uh, they're worried about getting left behind. But, uh, you know, your blog is a demonstration of just someone having an interest, being able to get involved, and then also uh, being able to get in touch with all of these people and get their cooperation to help you to share more information.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm amazed that how welcoming a lot of people are. Um you know, people will talk to you every once in a while at least and uh they'll answer your emails every once in a while. I get I get ghosted like a lot of other people do when <laughs> I send out emails and I'll hear back but um at the same time there's a lot of people that will talk to you and um I just kind of uh, I, I feel like everyone should be getting involved, um, no matter what they're doing, whether they're telling their family or they're jumping on social media or they're writing a blog or whatever they're doing, as long as they're doing it credibly and they're citing their sources and things like that. um, I think there's a lot of grassroots involvement um, that people can be doing. I'm just, I I can't wait to see what this TV show does because Mm -hmm. if the New York times article did something and got all of us involved, this TV show is going to do it and it's just going to get waves of more
1: people involved in talking about this right exactly so the last thing because we're pretty much out of time but i do on that last topic we were talking about uh, the meta materials and you were talking about others you know how getting involved in having materials uh, like diana um you know another name that you have in your blog story is of course jacques Vallee, who's been in this field for decades you know one of the godfathers of the field and he's also, you know, behind the scenes dropping clues here and there.
0: Yeah, I mean, Valet, you have to read all of his stuff. Um, it's, it's a must. And they have a bunch of these pieces. Um, Dr. Putoff said at his SE, SSE talk, um, you know, a lot of this stuff is classified and they can't talk about it. But there's also a lot in the public realm. And that's what it seems like Jacques Vallée has um, with the scientists he's working with. Um, he's working with uh, Dr. Gary Nolan as well. And what they're doing is going to be incredible. And um, I think they'll hopefully come out with some of their things. Um, um, and, um, you know, hopefully to the stars will and, and various other people. So, like I said, the, this metamaterial results, um, if if we're getting everyone on board with it, it's going to be a game changer. And I'm sure people that don't believe it, they still won't. But people that are more open-minded, they're going to be able to see some of this, um, these scientific results, and, and just uh, get on board and freak out, basically, about it.
1: Mm-hmm. Exciting stuff. So the time absolutely flew by. Thank you so much for being on silver record.com is where you guys can go and and look at this. Is there, can you give us any sneak peek into something that's coming up next that you're, you're working on?
0: Um, let's see. Probably not. Actually, I don't think I should, because it may get me into some trouble, but, um, (laughs) um, I, I'm hoping to have a video, not an exclusive video, but a video from an experiencer, that this experiencer thinks is credible. And I'm, I'm, I'm hoping to highlight that, um, that that I can say. So I, I'm working on that one.
1: Okay. And, um,
0: yeah. And if anyone good. has stories, hit me with them and send them to me and I'll look into it.
1: Sounds good. Thanks for the little clue there. But, uh, you know, there, there's that whole other article you have on experiencers and and i did want to get into that but we just didn't have time but we'll have to hit on that another time so thank you so much for joining us and uh and we'll be in touch
0: thank you Alejandro. you're a a real um role model for all of us so thank you for what you do and you get the best podcast going
1: thank you so much for saying that that's yeah very very appreciated Thank you so much to Danny for being on the show. Be sure to check out his website, Silva that's Silva for all of those stories that he talked about much more on those underwater uh, objects and uh, TTSA and a whole bunch of other stuff that he's written about. So check it out. We only touched on the surface and of course there'll be much more that we'll review over time, but You know, another place that we're all on quite a bit is Twitter. I know some of you don't get on Twitter, but, uh, you know, the way I use it, the best way is kind of as a news feed. So you go follow the people that you like, make a list where they're all in there, and then you get to see and keep updated on all of this information, and it's to the second or to the minute. So that's why I love Twitter and we're on there quite a bit. Another person who's on Twitter is UFO Joe. Some of you may know him. He's another guy just like Mike who we had on last week and Danny who we had on this week. UFO Joe is also following all of this on a regular basis just like Danny. He's transcribing uh, different interviews. He's sharing stories that some of us are missing Uh, Really great stuff. So we'll have him on next week. So very exciting. Kind of all these new guys coming out and sharing information and paying attention to all of this exciting news that is coming out uh, about UFOs and, and the government and everything. So it's an exciting time. You know, there's another story, too, I forgot to write about or tell you all about. I wrote a story, and I posted it on my Patreon about the Condon Report. So some of you may know that Project Blue Book ended in 1969, and the reason they say they closed it is because of the Condon Report. In fact, if you go to the National Archives, that's what it'll say. We closed Blue Book because of Condon. So a lot of people feel like, in the Air Force tries to make it seem as though the Condon report was the end-all be-all. They took a scientific look at the topic, and it was done. They figured, hey, there's not much to this. We don't have to waste our time with it. But that's not how the Condon Report actually ended. There were lots of doubts by people inside, by their colleagues outside, and so I wrote an article about this, and the reason why is that there was an article fairly recently about the uh, Scientific Coalition for Ufology event a couple weeks ago in Alabama, and this author took that kind of... Uh, angle, he was like, "Why are we wasting our time on this? We keep doing wasting our time on this. This was all figured out years ago." Well, no, it actually wasn't necessarily figured out years ago. And if we have an unidentified, you know, object, aircraft in our airspace, certainly that's something that we're going to want to investigate until we figure out what it is. And what Lou Elizondo and all these guys are saying that they have investigated them and they can't figure out what they are, and that's why there's a mystery and something to look into. So. Definitely check out that story. It's on my Patreon. If you go to Patreon uh, and push Alejandro T. Rojas, you'll find it. But uh, you also will find links to it on Open Minds on my blog, alejandrotrojas.com, or in the show notes below, depending on the tool that you're looking at. And then I'm also going to have links to that from Open Minds and uh, from everywhere else. So you'll be able to check that out. But that's kind of a fun story that uh, I would love for you to see. And it's really helpful. So if people say, hey, didn't they figure that out? you Know back in 1969? Well, not necessarily, and here's why. And these sources that I give you are all credible sources, scientific organizations, or people inside of the Condon Report themselves. Um, so this is all credible stuff, not just some random UFO dude saying, hey, that's a bunch of crap. So check that out. Otherwise, go to the UFOCongress.com if you want to get on our email list. Our Open Minds email is not really, we're not able to send out mass emails currently. Through Open Mind. So, we're sending those out through the UFO Congress. Just so you know, so if you get a UFO Congress email, you know that's also Open Mind news. So, don't delete it and please don't mark it as spam. Even if you don't want to get those emails anymore, just unsubscribe and you won't get them anymore. Uh, But please do not send it to spam. That actually hurts us quite a bit. So, be sure to do that and we'll have more information about the Congress coming out soon. And all of you that are really interested in these topics that we've been talking about these last few weeks, you're going to be very excited when our lineup comes out for the Congress. I know we're a little late on posting that information, but uh, there has been some information stuff that's delayed us. We've kind of, we're going to have like a better ticketing system and some other stuff that uh, is taking more work than expected, but we'll have that information out very soon and it's going to excite you all and you're going to love it. So pay attention to that. And then uh, also we have, of course, like I've talked about, all these cool UFO products and stuff like that that you'll find at the UFO Congress store. So there is everything. I want to thank Danny for being on the show. I want to thank Caleb Hanks for the opening and closed music. I want to thank Systematics for the bumper music. And, of course, I want to thank you for listening. Until next time, adios muchachos.